Warning. Deep Fix contains adult content and language. So if you don't touch processed foods but eat gummy bears, this may not be for you. And now, Deep Fix. Hello, and welcome to Deep Fix, where we're getting a fix of all of our favorite obsessions. I'm your host, Jen B. And this season, we've been diving deep into the epic Real Housewives of New York City, seasons one through three. And this episode, we are breaking down the very first Roni reunion, season one's episode eight, entitled Reunion, Watch What Happens. Now, let's get our fix. So a few thoughts on the first ever reunion before we dive into the the episode itself, because there are a few things worth noting here. I've heard that if you remember the show Project Runway, which started on Bravo, around this time, it apparently jumped ship and went to the Lifetime Network. And so Bravo was scrambling and ended up putting a bunch of money into Real Housewives of New York City that it probably normally would have put into Project Runway. So I think I've heard Jill, or maybe it was Ramona, I heard one of them mention that the you saw Roni plastered on the sides of buses, and that wasn't planned. It was supposed to be Project Runway, but because they had jumped ship to Lifetime, Roni got on the side of the bus. And that appears to have been serendipitous for the Real Housewives of New York City franchise. So not only is this the first ever Roni reunion, but this is truly the first ever Housewives reunion in terms of it being produced. Real Housewives of Orange County had a a small quasi-reunion. I think it was in Gina or Vicky's backyard, but it was definitely not something that was produced heavily or a lot of money was spent on it. This is another time where Roni becomes the prototype because we see Andy in the center as the moderator, the ladies sitting on couches of either side of him. They're at an iconic New York City establishment, and it becomes the prototype of all of the reunions we've seen to date. These ladies are just blazing the trails for those coming behind them. So the season one reunion aired on April 22nd, 2008. And in my opinion, we can see that the production company and maybe producers, editors, even Bravo itself, making changes throughout the show as it goes. Recall, it used it was going to be originally called Manhattan Moms, and then somewhere along the line from the finale, where we hear Jill toast to the best Manhattan moms, to when it aired, they became a Real Housewives franchise, the second city in the series. And I think it's most evident in how they're approaching the reunion and what they're calling it. They really seem to be a bit all over the place. The official title is Reunion, colon, Watch What Happens. But when they cut to commercial break, it says Real Housewives of New York City confess, where it would normally say Reunion. Andy opens the show, introducing it as the Real Housewives of New York City Watch What Happens special. But then even on one of the commercial breaks, he calls it the Real Housewives of New York City Reunion special. So I think they're showing... 
that really they were trying to figure out what is the show? What is this episode? How are we going to present these reunions? And I'm glad with what they ended up with. Again, it's what we're all used to as well, because every city for every reunion does it this way. One thing I did notice that's unique to this reunion is that Andy Cohen goes in deep to each of the five women. The things during the season that were the most shocking that sometimes at reunions nowadays are danced around or perhaps the most difficult of the questions really aren't asked, but they do enough to claim that they covered it. But literally every issue, things that I couldn't even believe, like Ramona, you look like you're on drugs. I mean, you just, you can't believe how deep they go in and and the questions from the audience that they choose to ask. It is, again, one of the most real reunions that we've seen. And although there were only seven episodes for them to pull from, so at some point they had no other option but to ask those questions. Again, they went in deep and Andy did not hold back. It's pretty epic. Okay, it's about time we get into the episode. So let's do a very brief overview of the season one reunion with a little something I like to call turtle time. Well, you guys, we've made it to the season one finale. And because there's no better way to do a breakdown of such a epic prototype for what we come to know and love as our reunions, then to mention it all, we'll keep our turtle time to a minimum today. So let's jump right in because there's definitely a couple of themes that we see throughout the reunion that have really been popping out throughout the season, but that are highlighted in the reunion for sure. One of the biggest themes that we see emerge is the Jill versus Ramona rivalry. Andy does a whole package on it to which Jill claps. They seem to be in a great mood, but they are definitely pointing out that Jill and Ramona are like oil and water. They're very hot and cold with each other, very passionate and emotional, and fireworks tend to go off when the two of them aren't getting along. And we can really see that Jill is gunning for Ramona. I don't know if she wants to make herself look better or if she just wants Ramona off the show, perhaps because she's not countess-like and keeping up with the, you know, the social piece. And as Bethany points out, there is definitely a rivalry going on. They cross over in certain social circles and have similar backgrounds. But for a reunion, it's kept pretty light. I mean, don't get me wrong. We've got Ramona and Jill, so they definitely get a little crazy. But for a reunion, it's crazy light. And then on a happy note, we've got the Jill and Bethany friendship that is very clearly blossoming. They are very much BFFs at this point. And in fact, you can see it's almost calculated and I believe perhaps probably is calculated that they are behaving as each other's cheerleaders. They don't have to promote themselves so much because the other person can say it for them. Very smart. And then we've got, of course, Alex and Simon. They are very unhappy with editing and feel like they have been misrepresented. And although there may be a little bit of truth to it, you did give the camera that. So they get a lot of pushback, even from Andy, but they just won't let down on the editing piece. And we wrap it up. We've got the overarching themes of Ramona is a bit crazy And Luann is 
seems ready to conduct class with the Countess. She's very proper and into giving advice. But I will give her a little bit of credit because she also seems to be the voice of reason and seems to try to just be keeping the peace when people start to get a little loud. Remember, this is the first reunion. It's not what it was back then where you're expecting people to get crazy and loud and stand up. So Luann's like, all right, she definitely tries to behave as the peacekeeper and keep things from getting out of hand. So with all of that said, I can't wait to just dive right in. So let's go ahead and mention it all. It is time to dive right into the season one reunion. And as I said earlier, the Real Housewives of New York City, their first reunion, aired on April 22nd of 2008. And this is the first reunion we see in terms of the style of reunion that we are used to as Bravo Real Housewives viewers. We open up, they're at the Russian Tea Room, an iconic New York City establishment. And we've got the usual setup that it was brand new at the time, which is why I love this, because I was a viewer at the time watching this go down, taking it all in, loving it as it was coming out because it was fresh and new. We had never seen anything like this. So we open up on the Russian tea room. There's Andy Cohen in the middle. He's got a suit on, not quite as snazzy of a suit as he usually does, but he's still looking pretty good. And the set is dressed in mostly reds with accents of blue. The two couches to either side of Andy are red. They look like red velvet couches. And we've got the setup where to the left of Andy, Jill is closest to him and then Alex is next to her. To the right of him on that couch, Luann is closest to Andy, then Ramona, then Bethany. And you can tell their outfits, they're dressing nice. They know they're on TV. They're filming some sort of special. And some of them are in cocktail-esque attire, but they're definitely not in the ball gowns that we see show up at the reunions these days. We've got Jill. She's in black pants with a rhinestone shirt that says Team Jill. I don't know if you remember when that was a theme, but Team Jill... I think you could buy them at bravotv.com. And it was totally bedazzled and rhinestoned, of course. And then she had a satin blazer over on top of that. And then Alex is in just a basic little black dress. Nothing great, nothing bad about what she's wearing. Luann is also in a little black dress of sorts with a little plunging v-neck. She looks classic. Ramona definitely stands out. She's got a silver, chromey color cocktail dress on. And it really pops. It's pretty. And then Bethy's ne- Bethany's next to her. She's got a form-fitting brown dress on. Again, nothing to write home about, but there's nothing bad about it. And when we open up, we see Andy call it the Real Housewives of New York City. Watch what happens special. So we're not quite at the place where reunions are a thing. Although, like I said before, we do hear him mention at a commercial break the Roni reunion special. So we're getting there, but we're not quite at a place where the reunions are solidified in Housewives history. And I was reminded as I'm watching it, how many Housewife tropes come from Roni seasons one through three, really, but this season one, especially being only the second city in the franchise. So we see Andy, he goes around, hello, Countess Luann, hello, Bethany, hello, Jill, 
you know, hello, Ramona. Hello, Alex. He says hello to each of the ladies and they respond to him, which is now commonplace in housewife reunions. But I noticed, man, do they love the little flash up pop up screens this season because as each of the women said hello to Andy, their name popped up below them as well as they said hello. And who knows, perhaps Andy is tooting his own horn. He is an executive producer. But we do see him mention right off the right out the gate that he's surprised the website didn't crash based on all of the questions they received from viewers. And he flat out tells them, you guys have generated a lot of buzz. And I love it if you watch Jill's face. She's like, we have. She just It's like she knows it, but she loves hearing it. It's so good. And I do also love this moment in time because before he gets into the reunion proper, he starts with giving a bit of an homage to Real Housewives of Orange County and asks each of the ladies or the group, really, who watched the Real Housewives of Orange County. And Jill, Ramona, and Bethany each raise their hand. Smart, you're going on a show. You should should know what it's about. Although perhaps... They were fans because this wasn't originally going to be a Real Housewives city. And Andy, of course, wants to know if they see similarities. And Jill says, of course, each of the cities is different and there's different issues personally, but they are all wives, moms, sisters, children, daughters. So they do have a common understanding of issues as women of the world. And like I said, as you'll see, Andy goes in pretty deep here. He does not hold back on anything. And any issue that was a big issue, he talked about, he asked questions about, and he asked the question, the tough questions, the ones I don't think today he would ask of some of his star housewives. Again, it's part of what makes these first few seasons so good. And one of the first questions uh, Andy asks is, was there anything about your fellow housewives that shocked you and Ramona doesn't miss a beat and hops right in she goes straight for Alex yes I was totally shocked by the way Alex and Simon live they present themselves so proper and it's all about designer clothes so she says it was shocking to see that they were living in those conditions and Alex who's terrible at defending herself She tries to explain and says when they moved in, she was seven months pregnant with Johan, their youngest son, and they didn't even start construction because of that until January of 2007, albeit this is still a year and a half later. And Ramona, she just, it's like she hasn't changed. She's the same person. And in typical Ramona fashion, she's beating a dead horse. And so she's still prodding Alex. Aren't you worried about your kid's safety in a house like that? And Alex is is trying to defend herself as best as she can. And although Bethany doesn't straight up call her out or say anything horrible to her, she does say, look, I've been at your house. You're a bit all show, no go. Let's just be honest. You are. And Alex tries to explain that all they saw was the hallways. Things aren't quite that bad. But Luann does say what I think some of us are thinking in the back of our mind, which She looks at Alex and says, hey, I've got to give you credit because at least you let cameras in your house. You didn't care. And Alex said, I didn't think there was anything to care about. So perhaps to her, they were slowly renovating their house and she didn't think it would be shocking. But as you know, as the ladies pointed out, don't spend all this money on fashion, perhaps finish the hallway. And Andy then pivots. We're going to get the first package for Ramona here. And so he tells Ramona 
And I don't know if it's a bit of perhaps a dig or trying to point out her hypocrisy, because I'm sure they knew that she was upset with Simon and Alex and the naked photos that are going to be discussed a little bit later on in the reunion. So Andy opens up with something like, you know, Ramona, what does he say? Ramona, you're a self-proclaimed sexy mom. Perhaps not, but it seemed a bit of shade. And so her package is filled with, if you want to see a good Ramona dancing montage, actually just watch the reunion and watch this package that they put together of Ramona. It's some of the clips of her acting super crazy. One of the times when she's but with Bethany right before she apologizes. We've got montages of her dancing. And while that's all going on, we have her voiceover of her saying her daughter Avery wishes she was a bit more conservative. And then we start getting peppered with clips of Avery rolling her eyes at Ramona, commenting on her clothes, usually negatively. The classic, my mom likes to wear things that are too young for her, even if they don't look good on her. It's so good. Then they, like I said, they show all of the controversial pieces that even as a viewer caught my eye because next they show the clip of her kiss with Cindy at the, at her pool in the Hamptons in the beginning of the season. And then they cut to her with Dr. Sharon Geezy getting all of her plastic surgery or plastic surgery light treatments. And of course, we're hearing her talk and seeing old clips of her talking about beauty and working out and how she keeps in shape and how she looks young. And I will say at the end of the package... The ladies genuinely still, I think, seem excited to be getting this traction and attention for their show because they all clap for Ramona when they cut back to the reunion. They all clap for her when the package is over. I was surprised to see it. But again, it's the first season. They're excited. And then right out the gate, Ramona mentions the derriere. <laughs> and finally, they all look at her. Ramona, it's derriere. She's like, oh, okay, got it. Again, Ramona mispronunciation number 7,827 for season one. And Andy, in true Andy fashion, where he's going to give a comment that I believe really has a lot of shade built into it. His comment after the package is, I'm fascinated by the whole package. (laughs) It's like, all right, Andy, so are we. So he launches into his first question to Ramona. And it's a question from a viewer, or at least that's what we're told. And he says, you look like a fool with your friends by the pool. (laughs) That whole thing with Cindy. He calls her straight to the mat, uses the you look like a fool language of this letter. And I'll give Ramona credit because she owns it. She says she, you know, she's like, I forgot the cameras were there. Unfortunately, I was just running around with my friends and the cameras were there and they caught it. And I love it because typical executive producer And he goes, no, fortunately, fortunately, the cameras caught it. (laughs) She's like, okay, fortunately. And Bethany does chime in and come to her defense and say, look, if you choose to put your life out there on a reality TV show, you've got to be honest. We're not going to edit ourselves. Go big or go home. To which, of course, Jill, who's a bit obvious at her cheerleading at this point, is like, what? Go big or go home? What is that, Bethany? Oh, Bethany, you're so, you know, she just starts blowing up smoke. You have the best one-liners. You are the best. Again, Bethany doesn't have to say it about herself. They know the press is starting to pick up on these things. I'm sure Jill and Bethany were watching the reviews, seeing what the, the you know, the viewers were saying. They're aware. So she's, her and Jill are using this as a way to, to pump each other up, but not have to do it themselves. It's very smart. I love it. 
and one of the benefits of having a real friend on the show. And then Bethany says what I think is a perfect summation of what I've said at the very beginning about Real Housewives of New York City the early years is Bethany says, you know, about about Ramona and the comment that she looked like a fool by the pool and she forgot the cameras were there. Bethany comments, yeah, Ramona was living her life and the cameras were there. And that's why the show is so successful, because she was just living her life and doing her doing her thing. And she absolutely nails it. It's like I said, it wasn't it wasn't the fighting amongst each other, although, of course, there was this natural rivalry that was happening between Jill and Ramona. But it wasn't so much the fighting. It was watching these kooky women interact with not only each other, but how they operate in their lives. And some of them do really interesting, exciting things. So that's fun to watch just separately. So now we're on to the second question, which Andy leads into by saying, this is a good one, which this is really the most shocking one in my mind. He says, Ramona, we've got a question for you from a viewer. The question is, you're more hyper than Jill's chihuahua and your eyes are freaking crazy. So are you on something? And Ramona's response is, I'm just hyper. I'm always thinking about a million things. She says, for example, right now I'm thinking about the construction I'm doing at my Southampton home, the bad business deal that I'm having issues with, the issues at the business deal I'm not having issues with. And she's giving examples that she, her brain goes all over the place and she's thinking about a lot of things and she's just super hyper. That's who she is. And Bethany, if you notice, she's sitting there the whole time with a real rice smile. She does that a couple of times during the women talking. I'll, I'll point it out. And then next, Andy turns to the, bro- the broader group and says, generally, you all look great. And everybody wants to know, what do you do to stay young? Have you had plastic surgery? Most of the women say no. I can't tell if they dub in a no from Bethany, but Alex definitely says nope. And then Jill looks, instead of answering, Jill looks at Andy and says, what do you think? Do you think we have? And Andy, this is one of my favorite Andy responses at a at a reunion because it's so honest, but he says, yeah, and he's literally looking around the group from couch to couch. He's like, yeah, I think uh, perhaps like maybe a nose job, a boob job, some Botox in the group. And Jill pops open her her satin jacket to expose her team Jill across her breasts. And she's like, all natural, baby, which at that point is a perfect pivot for Andy to talk to Jill and present her package. So Andy turns to Jill and says, you call yourself a connector. I call you a Yenta. And he says, you're definitely the glue that holds Manhattan together. And she's like, all right, don't don't get over yourself and don't get ahead of yourself. And then they cut to Jill's package. And Jill's package really is a great illustration of who she is. She was the connector on the show. She knew everybody. She knew she brought Countess Luann on the show. She brought Ramona on the show. She brought Bethany on the show. And I actually did hear a podcast interview, I believe, with Jill, where she said that Alex and Simon were actually cast on another show that didn't get the green light. And they transferred them over onto Real Housewives of New York City, which is why nobody knows them. Because other than that, they were supposed to all have known each other through this one connector, Jill. And you can really see Jill is meant to be the main focus of season one. And Jill's package is all about that she is the connector. It's clips of her making those connections, introducing Alex and Simon to the people who own the Claremont School. Bobby saying, if you need anything, talk to Jill. She, she'll get it done. She'll make the connections for you. 
And then they they kind of shift to her know-it-all moments where she's just giving unsolicited advice, nagging to Bethany. You say, you're not running, but you're running. You're not supposed to be running. If you can't give him 95%, if you can't give him all, if you think it's only going to be 5%, you're not going to be able to deliver, then you can't be, you know, right? It's just, it's hilarious. So we get Jill. We get the vibe now that not only is she a connector, but she is a know-it-all. And then they cut to her with her daughter, Allie. We see her shopping, the funny moments between them, threatening to take her to the mall like all the other kids in America. And so at the end of the clip, we cut back to the reunion. Everyone gives Jill a little clap. And of course, Jill, it's like this is the Gloria, her mom. This is the Gloria in her. She can't help but the first thing to be a complaint because it does freeze frame at the end of her package. And the first thing she says is, oh, thanks for freezing on that. Oh, man, double chin. You know, it's the first thing she notices. She can't just clap and enjoy the moment with the girl. She's got to throw out the complaint. And so then the first question that Andy lobs her way is, I noticed that you always introduce yourself and talk about yourself as Jill Zarin. Jill Zarin, Jill Zarin, Jill Zarin, Jill Zarin. It's never just Jill. And Bethany kind of laughs and says, yeah, that's right. You do do that. And so Jill is just saying, I, I like it. I love I love my last name. I love the way it sounds. And again, Bethany, her cheerleader, chimes in. It has a nice ring to it, Bethany says. Good save. It's those little ways in which I think that they're not having to promote themselves. They can have Bethany or Jill, depending on who's needed, chime in and say things like, oh, I think that's great that you do that and cast it in that light. So now that he's got the easy question out of the way and they're all having fun and laughing, he goes straight for the the jugular and asks about Allie's detox and says, "It's and it's I love it's always under the guise of this is a viewer question, which I'm sure there were a million of these, right? But I'm sure Andy himself had these questions. And so the viewer's like, what's all, what is with Allie's detox? You're saying it was for health, but all you seem to be obsessed about was her weight loss. And when she came home, all you focused on was the weight loss. And Jill says, you know, she recognizes it. Yes, but it wasn't the only reason we sent her there. It did improve her health. I would never just send her there for weight loss. And then in in true Jill, again, I think this is a bit of Gloria. She's like, of course, it was all water weight and it came back. It's like, you didn't have to go that far, Jill. We got it. But she maintains it it helped her health nonetheless. And then Andy mentions uh, they've had some recent family issues after filming ended with, um, with Jill's stepson was really sad. She was she clearly wanted to to get it out there and get some awareness. And she explains her stepson was recently diagnosed with Stills disease and it started with a he's 25 years old, perfectly healthy and he has a heart attack out of nowhere. And they didn't realize that he had that this disease until the diagnosis after the heart attack. She says they he came home to live live with them for a while, but now he's back in the hospital and it's been really rough for them and your heart does go out to Jill. I, I don't remember a lo- hearing a lot about that. And in fact, I didn't even remember it until I w- rewatched the reunion. So I hope I hope I'm ho- I hope everything went well, although I did. I thought I heard her recently say on a podcast her assistant had an affair with her stepson and now they're engaged to be married. It didn't seem like she was mad about it or anything, but so I'm hoping that's him and that he's doing well. And this is one other time that Bethany uses the situation to pump up Jill to be her cheerleader. Jill's talking about him being in the hospital and Bethany chimes in and says, you were awesome. You were at the hospital 24 hours a day. She gives us that perspective and says, I'm sure what Jill would want everyone to know, but would never be able to say without looking terribly. And then Jill, because she just constantly runs her mouth, she starts talking about the day the show aired, the hospital didn't have Bravo on their TVs. This tells you how long ago this was. 
And so the show was nice enough to send her the DVD right before it aired. And I think in a way, again, to be the cheerleader, maybe cover up for her to try to ensure that it wasn't like she was making it about her being on a show when her stepson was in the hospital. Bethany's like, yeah, but that sh- the show really cheered him up. I, I don't, well, probably, maybe, I don't know. His dad was on it, so. But again, I just, I get a lot of Bethany and Jill pumping each other up, speaking very highly of each other to give the audience a certain a feeling about who they are as people. And at that point, we go to our first commercial break, and it's where I noticed that as it cuts out, it's got the usual picture of the five ladies that says Real Housewives of New York City. And then at the bottom, it usually would say reunion. That's what we're used to. But it says confess. So even then, they're not still quite on board with the reunion concept. I think they were trying to stay broad, perhaps, maybe to keep their options open. And I'm sure it was also a a carryover from Real Housewives of Orange County because their reunion too, their season two reunion, which wasn't a really a reunion either. It was awkwardly shot there on like director's chairs sitting on a stage. It's weird. Anyway, their reunion was called Real Housewives Confess, a Watch What Happens special. That was aired the year prior in March of 2007. And so you can see the the vestiges of them creating this show and really trying to get to a place where they understood what they were going to do with this, what we now know as a reunion. And what's most funny about that, so it cuts with the commercial break that says confess, but at the return from the commercial right after that, Andy says, welcome back to the Real Housewives of New York City reunion show. So it very, very early on, we've got four iterations really of the show. Reunion, watch what happens. What Andy calls it when the show opens up, Real Housewives of New York City, watch what happens special. Then we've got the still that they show as they go to commercial break that says Real Housewives of New York City confess. And now we've got Andy saying, welcome back to the Real Housewives of New York City reunion show. So clearly they're trying to get there. And they so much of this, like I said, is a prototype of what we now know and love to be the Real Housewives reunions. So I love where they ended up with all of this. But you can tell they're still in it. It's in its infancy. They're they're showing their growing pains. But anyway, so we come back from the first commercial break and Andy looks at the ladies generally and asks, is there anything that you saw on the show that made you cringe? And once again, Ramona jumps out and says, yes, I was, it was very cringeworthy at Girls' Night Out when I was a bit on edge. And she starts to go into the story that she had a sick family member and she was stressed. And then Jill jumps on her. Wait, what does that have anything to do with you going out afterwards and partying with your girlfriends? And even Bethany chimes in and looks at her and is like, yeah, yeah, what's, what's, what's up with that, please? And Jill's like, did you have to leave because of a sick family member or because you had to go party with your friends. Let's be honest. And Ramona's getting a bit flustered. She doesn't like it. And Ramona's like, Jill, when you invited me, Jill, when you invited me, you know, come on. I said I had to go early. I have my girlfriends. You know how much I love them. Come on. Right. That's that's Ramona. She's like, I told you that I had plans later on. And they told me it, that we would be done by 930. They, I'm assuming she means production. So again, you never know what they're involved in. And then Jill, of course, says, I was on the phone with Bethany. You never said that. Bethany's like, you never said that when we were on the phone. I don't know if Ramona was saying that she told her that on that specific conversation when they invited her, but who knows? And then we get another classic Ramona. I wouldn't call this a mispronunciation. Perhaps we call it Ramona word misuse. Because as Jill is getting really confrontational with her, 
Ramona, who is getting flustered, finally looks at Jill and says, look, don't be so controversial with me. And I think what she means to say is don't be so confrontational with me because Jill was being incredibly confrontational. But Ramona says, you're being incredibly antagonistic and I don't like it. And then Jill just rages back, sets the tone, very bitchy. I don't care if you like it. You can tell it's going to go south. And this is one of the first times we see Luann in her peacekeeper role. I think she really is trying to keep things classy. Sorry to use the word. But Luann looks at them. She's like, come on, ladies. Let's relax. Let's relax. Let's. She's trying to just re- what is what does Bethany tell Ramona? Reel it in. We're reeling it in. But Ramona is just getting worked up and she's telling Jill again. I think Ramona has some good points. She's just terrible at expressing them. She doesn't know how to say what she actually means. And she's getting flustered. And so she's telling Jill, you know, as a guest, you should tell me who's coming. If I knew Simon was coming, I wouldn't have bothered coming over. And Bethany, she's so quick and it's hard for Ramona to deal with. But Bethany looks at her and is like, give me a break. That's like saying I'll come over for dinner. But first, what are you having? She's like, that's not how it goes. And Ramona Ramona does have a good point. She goes, look, you said it was girls night out. It wasn't girls night out. So you did misrepresent to me what was going on. But again, she's not making the point very well. And Bethany's kind of jumping on her and so is Jill. And I think Ramona feels the, what what I call the premeditation of Jill, who knew she was coming for Ramona and Bethany is on her side. So Bethany's going to back her. Because you see Ramona kind of look around and go, geez, what is what is up with you guys? Relax. I mean, really, what is with you all? But then, of course, we get Luann, the countess, who decides to hold a, a very small class with the countess moment. She says, you know, of course, darling, you don't go into someone's house for a dinner party and leave during dinner. If you have to, you leave before it starts. She starts going into trying to have this manners and etiquette. I'm sure she's prepping for her book. So she's having this kind of conversation. But again, it's I'm I'm always interested in what what the ladies know, how they're being used for a storyline, what production does, because Ramona does say, you know, she goes, well, I'm sorry I reacted that way. She's and as much as Ramona doesn't like the way she acts, she did say Jill and Bethany set me up. They knew I think what she's alluding to is they knew she wasn't going to react well to it and they didn't give her a heads up that Simon was coming. But then, of, of course, Jill jumps all over Ramona when she says that. And she says, no one sets you up, Ramona, to be an asshole. You did that yourself. And Jill's, you know, Jill's giving it to her, saying, imagine if I came to your house and ripped into one of your guests, you would have an absolute fit. And then Ramona, very tone deafly, says, I didn't rip into him. And Jill's like, you certainly did. And I'm sure for Ramona, you know, you try to put yourself in somebody's shoes. She's never had this amount of self-reflection that a reality show will give you in terms of putting a mirror up to your face on who you are. But she also grew up with an incredibly volatile, alcoholic father who was throwing things around the house, abusive to her mom. So perhaps for her, she really didn't feel like she ripped into him. But of course, she did. And Jill points it out. And then we get one of the first cutbacks to footage at the reunion where they either prove or disprove something that one of the housewives is saying. And so as Ramona's saying, I didn't rip into him. We have clip after clip at Girls' Night Out of Ramona being horrible to Simon. And then Jill says something we'll hear again on Scary Island. Oh, they didn't show half of it, Ramona. You were terrible. And then Ramona, just as flustered as ever, 
says, yeah, but I said it was one of my cringeworthy moments. I was trying to apologize for it. And you've just jumped all over me and made me feel terrible. And never mind. So I'm not going to apologize for anything I did. I don't regret anything. And I love everything I did. (laughs) She throws her arms up and sits down. And Bethany's kind of laughing. And Andy looks around. uh, Anyone else? And Jill, of course. Yeah, I do have a regret when the camera caught Ginger licking up my nose, which they cut back to the clip of Ginger just obsessively licking up Jill's nostril. It's so gross. And now Andy turns to Bethany and it's time for her package. And you can tell she's getting media buzz. Even Andy is picking up on that she's a fan favorite. He leads into her package saying, Bethany, you made me laugh the most out of anybody. And you really became the Greek chorus for us of the show. She gives a sheepish thank you and grins but you can tell she is loving it. So Andy starts it on her package, as I said. But I really noticed that she she gets away from a lot of the criticism or the hard look at who you are because her package is Andy saying, let's take a look at your many classic one-liners. So they give us a a montage of a lot of the most hilarious things she says. They start with her holy inappropriateness when Lee gives her the lingerie at her birthday. They cut to her telling Jill in that hilarious suede outfit that Cher is missing her outfit. They cut to the infamous scene where she's telling Alex to tell Simon he's in the midst of a deep homosexual panic. And when she tells Alex, what era are you in when he says, when she says to plug in the vibrator? And then, of course, we end with her her clip at Girls' Night Out where she's like, oh, no, you didn't leave my party and shit after I cooked. It's pretty funny. And Jill, of course, is just pumping her up. She loves it. She's laughing. Oh, Bethany, she is the best at that. She is so funny. But she really does come out unscathed at that point. Who knows? Perhaps they're feeling bad for catching the whole Jason moving in conversation on camera. So after the package, Andy asks Bethany, do you think you're funny? And she says, I sometimes make myself laugh. And then she says this, which I think is, it was the first sign of her being calculating as opposed to honest because she says, it's much more important to me for me to be funny than it is for me to be smart, pretty, anything else. And I think that's just a bit just disingenuous. I think she's what's going on there, because I do think if you asked her today, she would say smart is the most important thing. She doesn't care if she's pretty. She doesn't care, you know, if she's got the best outfits. She really cares about her business acumen, that she's smart, she's quick, and she's a beast out there in the business world. But I think in this first season, especially as you can tell, Andy is saying you made me laugh more than anybody else. Her whole package is all of her hilarious one-liners. The press and the audience was focusing on the Greek chorus aspect of her personality and her witty sense of humor and how funny she was when she would call these ladies out. And so I think she was, instead of being honest in that moment, being opportunistic and knowing that funny was what was getting her attention from the national media, so she better go with it. Because she really was the comic relief of the show. But of course, because as I said, Andy does, he goes there for with each of the women. His next question is, you don't have an engagement ring on your hands, so what's going on with you and Jason? And Bethany, she does start with comedy, of course, and she says, we'll talk about it later, which is, of course, what Jason in that scene where the awkward scene of her asking him to move in together and he's avoiding it at all costs. He says, we'll talk about it later, like three times. So she does give us a bit of comic relief, but she turns in all seriousness and says, look, I'm in love. I'm in a great relationship. 
and she wants to set the record straight because everyone thinks that Jason doesn't speak and he's not really that into Bethany. And she says, Jason is really just not that into being on TV. And he did the show to raise awareness for his sister's tumor charity. That's why he came on. And she says, you're not getting anything more from him. And I wonder, I think she's talking to both, actually, the fans and production. And then she goes in. She has the honest moment. She she does the thing that a lot of the housewives can't do is she looks honestly at herself and calls a spade a spade. And she says, at that point in time, when you were filming the relationship, I was, she says, strangling it. And she was wanting to make everything perfect, tied up with a bow. And that's not life. That's not how it goes. And then Andy, of course, says, and how did you feel about your friend bringing up the fact that your eggs aren't that fresh? And Bethany's like, well, you know, talk about an analogy. It's, she says it's just funny to say to a chef, your eggs aren't that fresh. And I know, yes, Kelly Kalor and Ben Simone, she called herself a chef, even in season one. We'll get there on, Sher- on Scary Island, but had to call it out. <laughs> and Bethany says, you know, of course, that, that hit home. I'm a chef, fresh eggs. And she turns to the topic of that she does want kids, but it has to be natural. She doesn't want to force it. And that there are either even other options. There's adoption, which gives you a bit more breathing room. I just feel like it's almost like she's trying to convince herself. And as she starts talking about adoption, she says, look, I didn't have a peachy keen childhood and I would love to give a child a home. And as she starts talking about it, she gets emotional and teary eyed, which is so unlike her. And we even hear her say out loud as she catches herself tearing up. I, I never get emotional. What is going on? And even Jill's like, yeah, you never do. What's happening? But I think what's really happening is she's showing the truth of how she feels about where her relationship with Jason is going. I think it's very telling. Jason has basically put the brakes on everything and you can tell they're not on the same page and she's a bit heartbroken, but she's trying to pretend it's like a wounded bird who pretends they're not. That's where she's at. And she even catches herself because she's saying, look, I'm a, I'm a positive person. And then she says, as I'm sitting here bawling, and she's like, look, I get it, but it's it's a funny moment. And then, of course, Ramona awkwardly hugs her and you'll have your child a little bit dramatically. It's perfect. Bethany's like, thanks, Ramona, kind of pulls away. And Andy asks her, would you freeze your eggs? Would Is there any other things that you would consider doing? And Bethany says, look, I said I'm, pos- I'm a positive person. I just don't think that way. I don't want to freeze my eggs. That's not where I'm at in the conversation. And so, no, that's not on the table. Bethany gets away unscathed here. She's one of the only ones. He goes in and makes her relive the embarrassing moments. But she walks away still with a, you walk away with a favorable opinion of her. And so the next segment, Andy brings up the word socialite. Bethany has a visceral reaction. She's like, oh, please. She's like shifting in her seat. She just can't even take it. So one more note to Kelly Kalorin, Ben Simone. She hated that shit before you came around on the show. And so Andy really turns around. He's like, what is a socialite? Are the five of you socialites? Can you explain it? And then, of course, Luann's got to give us some class with the Countess on the topic of socialites. So she says, oh, you know, darling, one doesn't call herself a socialite. But she goes on to say there's definitely a group in New York City that are socialites and people aspire to surround to surround themselves with those type of people. And she points to Alex and says, for example, Alex says she wants to be around people in high society. And Alex is like, look, I'm not part of that group. I have no desire to be a socialite. I'm not a socialite. I think she could have stopped at I'm not a socialite. 
they definitely gave stuff to production and to the cameras that made it seem like they definitely would like to be socialites. Why else are you looking in the the social pages for your picture that you were at the Met? And then, of course, we hear from Jill. She's like, one thing I pride myself on is the truth, good or bad. It's like, oh, I don't know, Jill. You, you, She gets caught in a couple of lies throughout the years. But she says, I love you, Alex, but let's call it what it is. Simon was drooling all over the socialite pages when you were in it after the Met. She's like, who does that? And Alex is like, nobody does that. Which was a weird answer because we just watched the clip of your husband doing that. So I don't know if they edited something out or if we missed it. It was just, it was an awkward moment. And then Bethany jumps in and she says, look, I've seen you guys blame it on editing and please. She's like, no, this is not how it works. They're, that's not what editing does. She just starts attacking Alex for trying to say that editing had anything to do with it. And Bethany's smart. And I think she knows production loves this too. Because if it looks like production is just manipulating a show, people aren't going to be as invested in it. And Bethany's been on TV before. I think she knows she knows how to navigate her way through this forest of reality TV. And it's one of the benefits that Jill finds by having her around because I think she's helping Jill too. Like, let's help promote each other. We can promote each other's businesses. Say good things about production. Don't say you were edited. You're going to go, you'll be on the chopping block, chopping block the next season if you do that. But then again, we all know that production does get involved sometimes and pull some bullshit because look at what just happened with The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills with Garcelle and Erica and Crystal and they production clearly cut it to make it look like Garcelle was there hearing it. So then later on when she brings up a topic that they asked her to bring up, it looks like she had heard it not from production, but from one of the ladies on the show, Erica. Again, a reminder, not all is what you see with TV. And then Bethany just, I'm sure, does the thing that production loves best. She explains, I've been on TV 50 times and I'm always portrayed exactly who I am for better or for worse. You know, whether I'm a manic, I'm a manic person, I'm a nut job, whatever. She says the camera and the audience are smart and just saying that it's editing makes it all look like it's a bunch of bullshit and we're just a bunch of actors. And she says, that's not real. That's not this show. Production's like, so Bethany's the star for next season. Check. So now we're on to Luann. Andy looks at her and asks, do your kids have titles? Are they countlets? Pretty funny. And we see Luann explain that the title will pass to their son even though their daughter's older. And of course, Jill, she just can't keep her mouth shut. She jumps in. How sexist that your daughter doesn't get a title. And Luann's like, darling, I know that's sorry. That's just how it is, my dear. So she explains that Noelle will get the De La Seps family jewelry. She does put it in air quotes, but he gets that for his wife. And Andy asks, how extensive is the De La Seps family jewels? And I like that she has an honest moment and doesn't try to bullshit. She just says, it's not that extensive, Andy. And that leads us into Luann's package. And again, they they go they go in on them. So she definitely her package starts with the Countess clips of her doing Countess charity, Countess work. But then they slide into clips of her children and a lot of Noel when he's saying you're never home. You're not home for Tuesday taco night ever. Most of my friends have parents that stay home. Why are you going out? They're showing all of those clips. They're showing the clips of her going out, talking about how happy she is to be away from her kids. The clips of Rosanna saying that Mrs. D needs to spend more time with them. They're definitely going in on her 
and picking up what we all did about the fact that she seems to be more concerned with going out and partying than raising her kids. And if that isn't bad enough, then they show clips of her doing the whole, it's like Mrs. De La Seps when you introduce me to the driver, that whole bit with Bethany in the car. She's a real asshole in that one. So the, her package ends. We come back and Andy leads in with, how did you feel about Rosanna, Rosanna saying that you need to spend more time with your kids? Again, there's no pussyfooting around any topic here. I love it. They go straight into what we all want to know. And Luann really sidesteps the question because her answer is, I think Rosanna was really talking about my husband who's traveling overseas a lot. It's like, no, Luann, you just saw the clip. She said Mrs. D needs to spend more time with the kids. Couldn't be more clear. And again, here's another time that Bethany is just, if you look, sitting off to the side, giving a smirk like she's not buying any of it. And Andy also recognizes that Rosie is a superstar and everybody loves her because, of course, you do. You not only do you love her because she's sweet and has everyone's best interest at heart, but she's speaking truth. And then the next question Andy asks, which, of course, another audience question, he calls her out about the whole Mrs. De La Seps in the car comment to the driver snub of the handshake, which I will give her perhaps she didn't see it, but it really does look like she just kind of avoids him at all costs and snubs the handshake. So when Andy directly asks about that, her question is, oh, and, and the question is, so because you acted that way, how could you ever expect your children or your son to grow up and respect all people? And she says, look, she says, look, my my son would call everybody by their proper name. I'm not asking anyone to call me countess. It's not about a, like a rank thing. It's about a respect thing, which really does start to make sense until Bethany pops in and she goes, look, I totally get what you're saying in general, but let's be real. When we're out and about and I'm introducing you to other men and women, other adults, you don't make me introduce you as Mrs. De La Seps. I introduce you as Luann and that's it. So it is kind of a rank type of a thing. Come on, Luann. As Bethany points out, it was only the driver. And Luann looks over. She's like, look, I don't look down on people. And Bethany's like, I know, I know. I just find it really interesting that it was such an important thing for you to clarify. Like, really, what's the big deal? Just let it go. The best that Luann has is she just says, look, you don't have to agree with it, but it made me uncomfortable. And Bethany's like, okay, wow. All right. It's like Bethany, you can see, is like, I'm starting to see who you are. And then they fade out to commercial break. And when we come back, we're joined by Simon. And I love it because as Andy is saying that they're joined by Simon, they're cutting to all of the women's annoyed faces, which I don't even think they were making at the time. It's just perfect. But it's like, why? I really want to know, why was Simon there? Was he asked by the show to come on during Alex's package? Or did he or she or some combination of the two of them ask for him to be able to come out? Because they could have brought him on separately for like a little five-minute gig. But to bring him out with Alex during the package, either production is really trying to make them look like the most codependent <laughs> assholes in the, on the planet, or he's so desperate for fame that he wanted to be a part of the package regardless of how it looked. Who knows? So Andy leads into Alex's package by saying, you know, we're joined by Simon. We understand that the two of you feel misrepresented. There's been a lot of talk about the two of you guys. And he says, first, let's talk, you know, see your package and we'll we'll come back and talk about that. So we cut to Alex's package and right from the, the, the jump, they start with that British royal royalty music. It's just the mocking of it all is so good. 
And they're showing clips of them talk every clip that they talked about society, moving through higher and higher circles of society, Simon drooling over the society pages when Alex makes it. We're in the Sunday New York Times in the style section. It's and then you see Alex, oh, it's always nice to be photographed. It's so it's so bad. So they just like I said, they gave them so much material and every one of those clips and every one of those times that they said something like that, boom, it's in this package. We see Alex is talking about how she definitely bonded with Jill. We see all the school talk. And so we cut back. And again, it's cut back to Alex and Simon, which they they would never allow one of the wives' packages to be presented and talked about with the other wives, with the husband there. You know, they always bring the husbands on separately. And now we have the husbands. Or if there's one specific husband that has a major issue, like a boyfriend of, they'll do a, a separate side couple of minutes with them but never as the main package when the gals are talking about their season. But of course, we have Simon here with us. And um, Alex leads in saying, well, there are moments we were happy with and others that we weren't. And you can tell she just always seems to defer to Simon. It's just, it's, I don't know. I don't know if it's her or if it's him, but it's a bit obnoxious. And so Simon mentions, you know, the seven episodes have aired. And he said when the first one came out, they were not very happy. But as they're being released and progressing through the season, they're getting a little less irritated and are a little more content with the the footage and what's being shown on the show. And of course, especially now that Simon's there, Bethany jumps in, Luann jumps in. Bethany's like, look, didn't you just say you want to move up in higher levels of society? Don't sit here and say that we're not trying to move up in society. It's just own it and let's move it on. And then Simon gets defensive as it again. He's he and Alex, she's taking her cues from him. They are just totally going about it the, the wrong way. Bethany's right. Just own it and everybody will love you. But Simon instead fights back. And he's like, show me one person who doesn't want to improve their station in life. And Bethany's like, exactly. So just own it and everyone will love you for it. And we can move on. And Simon should have just owned it then. But he fights back with her. It's there's no reason for it other than just sheer stupidity and defensiveness. And then they're all talking and Alex, this, I just was really disturbed by this. Bethany's saying something to Alex. Simon's kind of saying something to Bethany. And Alex is like, hold on. And she points to Simon like, hold on, he's talking. And I can't tell if she wants to exit the conversation because she's no match for Bethany or because he is really a control freak. And Simon does say that there were many times on camera that he and Alex said, we're not members of high society. We don't run in those circles. But he insists they didn't air those. They cut all of those out to make us look a certain way. And trust me, as I'm the first one to say that I think Simon is totally creepy and I don't get the two of them. But I do start to see a little bit of his point here. And I always am aware that production can do some sneaky, crappy things to the people on the show. And he does start to have, and if that's true, If he was really saying on camera and Alex was saying, we're not members of high society. Those aren't the circles we run in. That's so cool that Jill would offer something like that to us because we're not. We would never be able to get in without somebody like her. But they just didn't put that stuff on TV. Then I see his point because that would have made a difference about who we thought they were. But then, of course, Bethany, she's not going to let she's not going to let him get away with anything. She calls him to the mat and says, yeah, but. Seriously, like when you're shopping and you're bragging about how much you're spending on things, it's so gauche. Like who does that? And she explains it comes off so pretentious. 
And Simon's like, that's the only time I talked about dollars and cents. And Bethany's like, please, I love shopping. I love shopping for you. You love shopping for me. She's like, you're always talking about that stuff. It's so pretentious. You've got to stop. And then Bethany's like, look, look, I know you guys outside of the show and you're nice people, but on camera, it comes off pretentious. And perhaps you guys just have made some mistakes there and you just need to own it and move forward. And Bethany points out, because let's think about it. The first thing, one of the first things you told me was that Francoise can sing Twinkle Twinkle in Latin. And Alex is like, we weren't joking. And Bethany's like, no, you weren't. And she wasn't joking. And then Ramona starts to lose it. She can't take Simon being there. She doesn't like all the Alex and Simon talk. And so we kind of cut to her saying to Andy, I'm going to lose it here. I'm getting bored. And Andy's like, all right, I don't want to bore Ramona. And again, this is why I love Andy during this reunion, because he does hold people's feet to the fire a bit, because he turns back to Simon and says, look, many people came to the, the conclusion that we're all making here by watching conversations between the two of you yourselves, you guys slobbering all over the newspapers. So he says, I want to know, do the other four women also feel misrepresented? And do they feel that Alex and Simon were misrepresented? And Bethany says, look, I feel like I need to jump in here. And I'm sh- this is because of the whole Jason incident, that awkward dinner where she's just humiliated and it's caught on camera. And she says, of course, look, I'd like to lose me begging Jason to move in with him because I'm the desperado in that situation. She says, of course, I want to take it back. But it happened. I have to own it. It's just what it was. And she says, so you want to take out the socialite stuff? Great. I have stuff that I want to remove, too. And then Simon, it's like he, again, just agree with her. She's she's giving you the out. And he's like, no, 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 no. Uh, I think you're completely misunderstanding what I'm saying. And Bethany, I just love this because she shuts him up and she's like, no, I'm really not. I'm pretty smart. I got it. Thanks. It's just like, shut up, Simon. And then Luann offers her perspective that she doesn't feel personally that she was misrepresented. But she does have a moment of truth. And again, I think there is some truth to it as much as Alex and Simon gave them. They gave production enough rope to hang themselves with. But Luann does say, I do feel that there's probably some truth to what Alex and Simon are saying about the way that they were misrepresented on the show due to some editing. And I think that's an honest comment because I think the truth lies somewhere between Bethany and Alex and Simon. Alex and Simon are on. We were totally misrepresented. There's no basis in truth for it. And Bethany's like, look, I've been on TV a million times. You're just I portrayed, you know, whoever I am for better or for worse. That's just how it comes off. I think the truth is really somewhere in the middle because we know production sometimes gets messy. Let's be real. And then, of course, Jill. Jill turns to them. It's like, nope, it was totally accurate. It was accurate as to the Van Campens. Like, sorry, no. And you do see Alex say, yeah, we were misrepresented. And yes, it was easy to do. So I can, and then they cut away. So I can't tell if that was in part of a conversation of her saying, I understand that we gave production all of those clips of us talking about society and all that crap. And they, we made it easy to do. Who knows? But perhaps that's what she's talking about. And of course, we cut to Ramona, who's getting a bit more annoyed. She wants Simon out of there. And then Jill says, you know, frankly, Simon, look, why are you even here? Why are you on this couch? This is supposed to be the five of us. And is she not even allowed to talk alone without you? And Simon's like, well, what have you been doing for the past 45 minutes? And then this is, I I can't tell if it's awkward because it's Alex or it's awkward because how it's cut. But out of nowhere, Alex says, has anyone bothered to ask me if I have any regrets? And Luann's like, okay, yeah. And Bethany's like, yeah. And Alex and Simon's like, oh, yeah. And Andy's like, okay, yeah. So do you have any regrets? And she goes, 
I regret nothing. And everyone's like, okay, it's just, it's so fucking weird. And then Jill, she turns right back around on Simon. Simon, again, why are you here? And Andy explains, look, we did get incredibly hate-filled mail about Alex and Simon, you, the two of you. And he says, you guys were called wannabes, delusional. You set a bad example for your kids. You're clawing. You're pretentious. He just goes on. It's so good. And Simon says, look, what they see is what they're allowed to see. And again, I think there's probably a bit of truth to it, but he's got to own what they said, right? And so the ladies are all starting to lose it. And so it sounds like they basically settled on, look, we did do some of this stuff, but it was greatly exaggerated by the way it was edited. But we're still kind of left in the dark a little bit as the audience. And if you notice, it's foreshadowing Ramona's big, huge walk off. But as Simon and Alex are talking together on the stage, Ramona is turned to the side and she will not look at them. She's not giving them the time of day. And which is a perfect time to bring up the fact that Andy then cuts to, hey, Alex, didn't you just have some nude photos get published in like InTouch magazine or something? And Ramona is disgusted. And Alex start to, starts to explain that she took naked photos. And Ramona does the first ever reunion walk-off. She gets up. She's disgusted. She peels out of there. And we get the camera showing her walking behind the scenes with all the production people and PAs all sitting on the floor in the background. you got to love it. Again, you've got to give credit to these women. Ramona set the stage for the very dramatic reunion walk-off. And the way she gets up from the couch, she's it's like she opens up her knees and kind of, it's, it's just very ungraceful <laughs> the way she gets up. It's iconic itself. And so Andy is totally confused. He's like, what's going on? Why is she walking off? And Bethany starts to explain she doesn't want to be associated with nude photos. And you can tell it's kind of explaining it. And Jill says, you know, she doesn't feel that it was appropriate for a real housewife of New York City to have naked photos out in a magazine. And at this time, we do know that Ramona was actually getting a lot of heat from Avery's Catholic private school that she went to about being associated with the show that had cast members with naked photos. And I believe she may have even gotten kicked out of that school. So we don't know it at the time that the show is airing. But Ramona is partly freaking out and having to do this because the school is threatening to kick her out if she promotes the naked photos. And so Ramona kind of starts talking from the wings and Bethany and Jill finally both say, well, then, you know, come out here and talk for yourself if you don't want to like come back out. If you don't want to sing how you're feeling, then get back out here. And we cut to Ramona standing backstage with her arms crossed. She's like, no, I don't want to go out there. And she just stands there. And it's one of our first crazy eyes sightings she has them in the first season she does i know the audience member even asked about it at the reunion but these eyes are just extra crazy it's like they, they add a little extra throw in a little extra spice right i mean this is just it's good and so we cut back alex like fine i'll be quick about this it was really much much ado about nothing jill says you know not everyone has naked pictures that are public like come on alex and bethany's like look I thought you looked great. Who cares? I want to move on. And Simon calls out Ramona for her hypocrisy. And she's he's basically saying to Andy and to the other women, look, she's got no issue wearing skirts up to her bum, dancing like a stripper, kissing Playboy playmates by the pool. But this somehow was all of a sudden too much, right? Like this is just she's got to stamp off the set for this. And Luann, again, she is trying to play the peacemaker because she is trying to get them to see 
she's like, look, I understand. But she says, don't you understand that her daughter might suffer because of this? You wouldn't have picked it up at the time when we were watching it live in 2008 as it was going on. But we now know in, in hindsight that Avery was in threat, being threatened to lose her spot at her very prestigious religious school because of this show. And so then we see Bethany. She gives us a little bit of comic relief. She's like, look, are there any like South Florida shots or is all of it like up here at, at the top, the boobs? And Alex is like, no, there's nothing raunchy. And Jill, the Jill, of course, because Jill is just not taking it. Jill's getting to the heart of the matter. And she's like, look, I want to know, were these released without your permission or did you know? And Simon is like, uh, without. And then Alex parrots him without. It's like that same thing at girls night where he's like, she can do whatever she likes. Uh, I can do whatever I like. It's just this weird. I just, again, it gives me, it's off. I don't like it. But Simon says it, with, is, it was without our permission, but once we knew they were coming out, we decided to embrace them because we weren't going to get away from them. So then Andy turns to the group and asks, would anyone here pose for Playboy? And Alex, of course, says, I don't know, maybe. Jill says, absolutely not. Luann says, darling, of course not. The, the Count would not like that. And Bethany says, I'm, I'm a spokesperson for Pepperidge Farms and Health Magazine. I don't think that that would work, you know, Andy, come on. But it's kind of hilarious because... We find out, I uh, forget what season it is, but we find out that Lu- when Luann was modeling, she was on a Playgirl cover, which of course is Naked Men, and so she wasn't naked, but she was on a Playgirl cover with a man. So I don't know about the darling, the Count wouldn't like that very much. And from what I understand, Bethany did have like a movie where she was topless or something like that, of an indie film. So, you know, again, I feel like It's very easy to say, oh, Ramona, oh, Alex, you're this, you're that. But all of them, it's like all of you are putting on a little bit of a show and not being totally honest, even you, Bethany. So at that point, we've wrung all we can out with with Simon. So Andy says goodbye to Simon and we go to another commercial break. And when we come back, Ramona has rejoined the group on the couch. And then Andy pivots to talking about Ramona versus Jill, the rivalry heard round the world. And they've put together a package for this, too. So we we cut to the package and we see clips of the two women just jabbing each other nonstop. We see them at the Hamptons party at tennis, the Luca Luca show where Jill famously stomps out because Ramona was in the front row, but she was in the second girls night out. And then even late at the finale party at the holiday party. And so we cut back. And at this point, Jill has now taken off her satin jacket to reveal the bedazzled Team Jill shirt that she's wearing, which, of course, she lets everyone know is available at BravoTV.com. And Ramona, the way Ramona describes it, she's the first to kind of launch in. And she says, look, we get mad at each other and then we love each other. We're a bit hot and cold, but we're strong women. And she puts a nice spin on it. And then Jill says, look, you know how to push my buttons. I know how to push your buttons. And so it's not surprising that fireworks sometimes occur. And Andy turns to Bethany and says, look, you're always in the middle of these things. So what do you think it is with these two women? And Bethany explains that, look, unlike the rest of us, Jill and Ramona are actually in overlapping friend circles. And so it is more like high school with them. And I also didn't realize, but Jill has a background as being a buyer and kind of working in fashion in that world, which is also how Ramona started. So they have a similar background and similar interests. And... Because I think Jill is trying to do the, I don't drink, I'm much more a true socialite than Ramona, who's kind of the crazy party animal. I do think she's trying to differentiate herself. 
And then Andy's like, well, who do you think would win in a fist fight? And Bethany's like, I'm taking Ramona. She's freaking scrappy. Ramona all the way. And then Jill does does one of her typical digs. And it's so rude. She's like, look, Ramona, a lot of people, a lot of the viewers ask me, how can you be friends with Ramona? And it's like, Jill, that's so fucking rude. Um, and she's like, so I tell them, and here's where she tries to say, like, but I'm so nice. But I tell them because you never know what you're going to get with Ramona. You know, she's she's Ramona. She's Romina. She repeats that, of course, because I think she loved that she had a one line or two in the show. But if you notice, she doesn't say a lot of people ask me, how can you be friends with Ramona? And I'm like, because I love her and she's a good friend. No, it was because you never know what you're going to get with her. It's like, no, that's not a real answer. But at the end, Jill's like, look, do we fight? Yes. Is it real? Absolutely. But at the end of the day, if people ask me, I always say we're friends. And then Jill's like, but of course, it did hurt my feelings when you didn't invite me like to the party in the Hamptons. And Bethany does drop a bit of a truth bomb on Jill in that moment. She's like, look, true, but you do need to be invited to everything and you get personally insulted if you're not. And Bethany's like, look, everyone doesn't have to be invited to everything. And Jill gets a bit defensive and is like, look, I want to set the record straight because I caught a lot of heat for that. And it wasn't because you didn't invite me, Ramona. It was because you lied. And Jill has this habit of doing that where it's her it's instead of owning the behavior that you did something shitty and it was for a stupid reason. She then tries to change the narrative to justify her behavior. So it's it's not that she was left out. It's because she lied about it. And Ramona's like, I really didn't even lie about it, which she really didn't. I brought it up in that episode. She didn't say, oh, yeah, Jill's in the city. She's like, where's Jill? She's like, I don't know. I think she's in the city. And she didn't lie to Jill about it. They, She was just having a small party and Jill wasn't invited. And so then Jill's like, no, it was because you lied. It wasn't about being invited. And Ramona's like, look, don't say in one breath we're friends and then turn around and call me a liar. She's like, sorry, you're not the center of my universe, Jill. I don't know where you are every moment of every week when we're out in the Hamptons. Like, get over yourself. And even Andy then chills, turns to Jill and says, I want to bring up the uh, Luca Luca show. What what happened there, Jill? And Jill gives the most ridiculous answer. She launches into this. It was Allie's first day of school and I didn't want to be there because I was emotional. It's like, sure. OK, Jill. She literally went on and on about how she bought a Luca Luca outfit. She got out of the way there. Blah, blah, blah. I'm not sitting in the front row. Then I'm not. Brad, call a car, call a town car. Get me something. It was just like she threw a fit. But then, of course, as she's saying, it was Allie's first day of school. That's why she's there. She then launches into. But I was told I was going to be front row and I bought a new outfit. And then she tries to say that she doesn't care, though, if she's in the front row. And Ramona immediately claps back because Jill had been all over her with, don't lie, be honest. You left because of this, you know, with the girls' night out. And so Ramona has her, and Jill's so pissed. Ramona turns around and claps back, don't lie, don't lie, just like Jill had said to her. Because, of course, she cares about not sitting front row. She left because she wasn't front row. And we can tell that Ramona was right because of Jill's reaction, because she gets pissed. She's like, she's clearly hit a nerve with Jill, and Ramona was right. And Jill's like, let me finish. And Ramona calls her out and says, what? I'm, you know, don't tell me that I'm interrupting you. You've been interrupting me all day. Like, are you the only one here who's allowed to interrupt everybody? Get over yourself. And Jill's going on and on about the whole Luca Luca show and making excuses. And Ramona, who is, she says this very calmly. She's not being unreasonable. Jill at this point is the one getting worked up. Says, look, Jill, they would have moved your seat. All you had to do was mention like, hey, is there a mistake here? Instead of just storming out and causing a scene like you did, like a prima donna. And I don't know if it's the prima donna word or just being confronted with the truth. 
But Jill just becomes more enraged. And she's like, are you a moron, Ramona? Which is just, it's so, it's so uncalled for. But it's because Ramona has a point. And Jill's like, look, I was in a bad mood that day and it gave me an excuse to leave. And Ramona's like, you didn't just leave. You stormed out and made a huge scene. Let's be honest, you were pissed. And Bethany chimes in, oil, meat, water. And Ramona's like, we are, we're both strong women. And even in that moment, I feel like Ramona's still giving Jill a little bit of an olive branch. But Andy's like, look, I, I've got more viewer questions. And Jill's like, I hope it's not my turn again. Andy didn't care this season. He went for it. And so he asked, there's a viewer question that says, it seems like Ramona possibly has another side. Do you think we only showed one side of Ramona on the show? And Ramona jumps in and says, yes, there's definitely another side to me. I know I'm loud and crazy, which is the most fun part of me to watch. But she's like, there's definitely another side to me. And I've got to give it to Bethany. Even she chimes in and is like, look, she does have a very warm side to her that we don't always see. Andy then shifts gears and says, Bethany, so everyone wants to know what's in a skinny girl's margarita. So we're in skinny girl's margarita land. She reiterates it's Patron Silver on the rocks, four limes, and then a splash of Cointreau or a triple sack. I don't know why she didn't add soda water to that. It would have been way better, but whatever. And as Andy's pumping up her skinny girl margarita, I mean, it's like free publicity on the reunion. It's so awesome. And then Andy calls attention to Bethany and Jill and their relationship. And he's about to show a package of Bethany and Jill. He calls them Laverne and Shirley. Interesting. Bethany, right before it airs, goes, well, who's Laverne? (laughs) I thought that's a very interesting comment. And I do think it's the beginning of something here because we see through the Housewife franchise, there are these characters that need to be filled for each of the show. One shows one of them is Lucy and Ethel. You'll hear frickin frack, the bone collector, the pot stir. Everybody has to play a character. And Laverne and Shirley wasn't a it wasn't the perfect. He said it off the cuff. I think it wasn't the perfect example, but it quickly turns to the you're the Lucy and Ethel. They become the Lucy and Ethel of the show. And then Andy plays the package of Jill and Bethany and their friendship. It's mostly Bethany doing her impressions of Jill in the Long Island accent. It's so good. And when they're done, they hug and then they get up and hug each other at the reunion. They're like, this is so great. And Andy ends the package with, you know, you've really adopted Bethany as a little sister. And Jill says, yeah, but, you know, I do come to her for plenty of advice, too. And I really do think she's talking about she is a big sister, mama bear-ish to Bethany. She provides her some stability, connections, even a place to stay in the Hamptons, as we'll see in season two. But Bethany, like I said, she's been on reality TV She's been around the industry and she knows how to do it right. And I think she is giving that advice to Jill all the way. And so Jill is, it's a little quid pro quo. And then we hit our last commercial break. And when we come back, the Countess is preparing caviar and vodka for all of the ladies. And Andy is going around with his final thoughts, asking, what did the show mean to all of you? And Jill is up first, our connector on the show. She says she's got no regrets. She's very proud of the show. And she, and she says, I'm so lucky. I have a great family. I really should be thanking God every day. And then Andy turns to Alex. She kind of does this weird laugh before she answers the question. I don't know. Whatever, Alex. And she says, we've been touched by emails from the viewers. She tries to kind of give us opposite spin, like we're great parents and our, how great our relationship is. And she says, the rest is just noise and makes for good TV. And Andy says, so what's next? And Luann says... There's so much interest in the manners and etiquette, you know, class with the countess, that I want to write a book. 
and I'm going to start modeling again for the lifestyle division, the over 40 women. So get ready. Class with the Countess is just around the corner. And then Ramona says, I'm working on a skincare line so we can all look as fabulous and young as all of us do. So true renewal skincare. Get ready. Bethany says, look, my I have my book Naturally Thin is coming out in March of 2009. And then, of course, Bethany Bakes. So here comes here comes the skinny girl empire. She's definitely picking up steam. And then Jill, of course, at the very end, jumps in. One more thing. I'd be in so much trouble. My daughter has arthritis. So we're doing lots of work with the Arthritis Foundation. You know, got to get that in. So Andy's like, you know, thank you all. They take a vodka shot. Jill, of course, says she'll pretend. Bethany's like, it's not tequila. I'm not going to have it. Jill's like, Bethany, come here, baby. They all take their tequila shot. Andy thanks them and they, they toast to a great season. And little did they know that they were embarking on what was about to become legendary reality television. Well, guys, that's it for the season one reunion. But don't worry, we're not quite done with season one of Roni yet. Join us next week when we break down the lost footage and some final thoughts on Real Housewives of New York City season one. And as always, please follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Deep Fix Podcast. And download and subscribe to us, five-star ratings, please, on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, and most other places where you find your podcasts. See y'all next time. <laughs>